0: We're in a a new chapter, a new book for just a few weeks. We're going to be taking a a look at Psalm chapter 103 for the next four weeks or so. And then the plan is to move into the book of Galatians and to go through Galatians. So if you'd like to begin to prepare for that, uh, that would be fantastic. So we are finally getting uh, back uh, to the New Testament. It's been an incredible and wonderful journey through the minor prophets through all 12 of them. And uh, by the way, an easy way to remember is we have 12 minor prophets, 12 disciples, Uh, very easy to remember. And we have not been able to go verse by verse. And so trying to cover books, even small books, has been somewhat challenging because the question is which verses do we pick, which uh, verses do we choose to focus on. But by God's grace, we were able to get through. And so now we will move to where we will go again, verse by verse. Psalm chapter 103, starting, we're going to read the first five verses. And we're talking about our good Lord. And specifically, if we could put a word in front of our good Lord, which we know he's good. Oh, is he Good we would say, according to these first five verses, we are talking about blessing our good Lord. We are blessing Him. Psalm chapter 103, it's written by the psalmist David. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This This is a text that unbelievers cannot participate in. Uh, an unbeliever does not bless the Lord. The devil does not bless the Lord, and nor, nor can they. They don't have that ability. So the, the enemy of God cannot uh, bless God. Those who are unsaved cannot bless the Lord. There's always this matter of worship that is taking place, however, in our hearts. We're all created to worship. It's interesting in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow. They would not bless the idol. And yet the rest of the sinful world will not bow and will not worship God. So we have these two kinds of people. We have people that bless the Lord and we have people that don't. We have people that bless all sorts of different kinds of things, worldly passions, worldly pursuits, worldly idols, false beliefs, false gods. Uh, by the way, it's, it's interesting. We, ha- we don't hear a lot about this anymore, but when I was, when I was little, you heard a lot about cults. And uh, there are all sorts of cults that um, were springing up. And this is one of the reasons why when we talk about blessing God, we're talking about blessing him according to truth. Uh, Jesus said that the Father is seeking worshipers and that the worshipers will worship him in spirit. And do you remember what he said next? He said spirit and truth. He was talking about worshiping the true God in the true way. And perhaps we even need to be praying as we're talking about children. And we're talking about uh, people in in this church and in other churches, but that is being drawn away into false cults. Now, I I don't know of anyone in particular that is being drawn away into a false cult, and I don't even know why I'm, I'm saying this, but there's no one in my mind that I'm, particularly saying this for. But when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided not to bow, we say, well, they weren't going to bow to this ridiculous image. No one does that anymore. We need to be careful because there are all sorts of false gods. And people refusing to bless the true God in, in the true way. And this is why, by the way, doctrine matters. This is why when we talk about who God is, it it, it matters. When we talk about Athanasius in early church history, who fought for the Trinity, he was fighting for biblical truth and almost almost gave his life for it as he was trying to turn so many different uh, false followers away from saying that Jesus Christ was simply... Another man, divine like, but that he wasn't truly God. So we can join the crowd. We can say, We're not going to worship God. We're not going to really bless him. And this spirit of apathy is killing our nation. We say, Well, we're not going to get involved in some weird cult. We're not going to get involved in some strange religion. But what we're going to do is we're not going to really do anything. We're going to simply reject Christianity as we know it. We're going to go follow our own dictates and our own desires. And that's what we're going to do. And not realizing that we're all slaves. Everybody in this room is a slave. And uh, we're either slaves to righteousness and we bless the Lord Jesus Christ. Or we are slaves to unrighteousness. And even if we say we are not worshiping anything, the truth is we are blessing and we are worshiping all sorts of different things. So we would say here that the devil and the unbeliever cannot participate in Psalm chapter 103. This Psalm here says, David here says, bless the Lord. Now the question is exactly what does it mean to, to bless him? This word can also uh, be translated as to kneel. And so this can give us kind of the idea of the position which we are to be in. Even if we cannot physically kneel, when somebody would bless somebody else, they would actually come before them. That is somebody who is inferior, perhaps in position in our case with God, even in nature, inferior in nature and also in position. And we're not blessing God as if we bless a little child. That's not what is going on here. We're not just saying, oh, bless you, God, and kind of giving them or giving him a nice pat on the head. But rather we are kneeling before him. And so this idea of blessing the Lord is coming before the Lord on our knees with our hands raised up, and we are saying, Lord, we bless you. And this is why we say that the unbeliever doesn't doesn't know how to do this, and they can't do this. In fact, this is kind of a foreign thing. Listen, people, people can fake it. It's possible for somebody to learn to raise their hands. It's possible for somebody to learn songs and all those kind of different things and even learn how to pray in religious postures. And this is why we say it's not necessary to kneel before the Lord when we come and and pray. But when we come before the Lord and we bless him, we are coming before him with adoring recognition of who he is. It's a matter of recognition. It's a matter of coming before him on our knees and saying, God, I recognize that you you are God. You are good, and we begin to think about all that he is and all that he has done for us, and there is is this desire within our heart to really worship him, to bless him, to come before him on our knees. This can happen on our bed. As we're laying on our bed and all of a sudden we're we're beginning to think about the, the goodness of God, and and oh how I want that. I want that for every person in our church. No matter how little and no matter how old. That that even on our beds we would be saying, "Lord, you're my treasure." When we talk about blessing the Lord, we are we are talking about his infinite worth. We are talking about acknowledging who he is and having a heart that wants to come to him and for no other reason to simply get enjoyment out of God, we simply say, we bless your name. So it can happen on our bed as we're falling asleep. We just are going, Lord, you're so good. And perhaps as you've even been going to sleep, you begin to think about the good things of God. Your automobile, your car can become a place of blessing the Lord. We come before him and we say, Lord, we know we're inferior, but you still love us. You created us in your image. And uh, so, God, we we just come before you, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit falls in our vehicle, and we just say, Lord, we bless your name. Last night as I was um, picking up my dear friend Rick and my dear daughter Naomi from Taco Bell, late at night, I had the radio on, and we were just listening to songs of worship. As we were coming up the hill, you could even sense the presence of God. This this blessing of the Lord it can happen it can happen as we're walking we're just walking we're just saying listen this is when we talk about the air I breathe we are talking about blessing the Lord see if somebody's unsaved in the, even in this church they're listening to this and they're kind of going I I get kind of what you're saying I think I understand about saying prayers and I understand about recognizing who God is but only the Holy Spirit can really the The person who's a believer understands what's being said here. They go, I get what it means to bless the Lord. I understand what that means. I know what it's like to come before him in adoring recognition of who he is. I I know what that's like. And so the psalmist is telling us, oh, oh, bless the Lord. Oh, come before him in adoring recognition of of who he is, regardless of, of where you are. That's what it means to bless the Lord. But he tells us where this where this springs from. Look with me at verse 1. He says, um, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. That is, it is inner. It's coming from within. It's coming from a heart that has been genuinely changed. Oh bless the Lord all that is within me my whole soul all of the parts of me that the parts of me that I can't even see I can see my fingers and I can see my toes but I can't see my soul it's complete in its reach all of it so it's inner and it is thorough and it is complete it is all of us Lord, don't allow me to just bless you with part of me. Just the intellect. Yes, Lord, I recognize I recognize you are holy and, and you are loving and all of these other things. And I, I recognize that that's what the scripture says. And so because of that, I bless your name. Or simply emotional. Oh, I'm just having an emotional moment. I really don't understand who God is, but I'm just trying to bless whatever is out there. No, no, this is, this is informed worship. But it's more than just mental recognition. It is the whole heart. It is the whole soul being lifted up. And it's being lifted up to somebody specific. Bless His holy name. Bless Yahweh. Bless the Lord there in verse 1. By the way, this word bless, it's only used once in verse 1, bless the Lord, there it is, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Then in in the Hebrew, it's his holy name, not bless again, but it's understood that we are to bless his holy name. So we are coming before somebody specific, and we are saying, Lord Jesus, we bless you. You're the one that has revealed yourself. Bless the Lord, verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul. There it is again, and forget not all of his benefits. Now, if you notice, this is a little self-talking going on. This is the psalmist talking to himself. He's not talking to the church. He's not saying to the church, now church, bless the Lord. He's not talking to other people out there somewhere. But he's actually talking to himself. And we often and are continually having a conversation with ourselves. And David here is saying, David, whether you feel like it or not, you need to bless the Lord. So he, he's talking to himself. So he's he's getting himself fired up. So there are there are times when we come into church. And we are, we're kind of dragging and we're thinking about all the things that are going on in our life. We begin to go through the songs and we kind of mouth them and we, we go through them. There needs to be some self, self-talk. Oh, Jacob, you might not feel like it today. Or oh, whoever, you might not feel like it today. But bless the Lord. I want to consider this for for just a second. There's this there's this self talk that's going on. We can we can even go through whole services or through whole days. And by the way, it's not just Sunday morning service. It could be Monday morning. We wake up and we begin to think about ourselves and the things that are going on that day. And blessing the Lord. Adoring him, kneeling before him doesn't doesn't seem to come quite so naturally. David is saying, have a talk with yourself. Have a talk with yourself and get yourself in the position. And it's amazing as we begin to do that, as we say, you know what? I'm not going to allow the cell phone. I'm going to put that down for a while. I'm going to turn off the Internet and all the social media, and I'm going to just stop. I'm going to stop looking at it. I'm going to block it all off out. I'm going to turn off the movies and the TV. I'm going to just listen, we, we live we live in a society that is enamored with this stuff. I mean I'm, I'm even old enough, I sound old now, but I, I, we didn't have cell phones like we do now. We had We had like bag phones when I was a kid, and there were these massive things that you' would carry around and you could even like I remember my uncle had this car phone, and it was in this bag. And and uh, he had to put the antenna on the car, and then he pulled this thing out. It was like this, you know, and pulled the antenna. Hello, you know. It so it was so cool. It wasn't It's not cool now, but we weren't dealing with that. We weren't dealing. The internet was just coming into into popularity as I was even leaving high school. It was just starting out, and so you know, the fight then. You'd hear you'd hear pastors, you'd hear other people talking about. Uh, you know, too much TV and that kind of thing, and the dangers of pornography. And but when we talked about pornography, it was talking about magazines and and those kind of things or uh, VHS cassettes. Remember those things? Old. And now we have this whole torrent of all sorts of different devices. I mean, they're right in our hands constantly. And we live in this, this society and this culture that is just enamored with ourselves. I mean, what could be more narcissistic than the selfie? The constant pictures of ourselves. When we talk about this self-talk, so the, the the soul the soul is coming before the Lord and is just saying, "I'm going to tune all of this out, and I actually care about you." Can can I just ask you just a, a quick question? Can you be comfortable alone with the Lord? I mean, is it is it okay to just be with Him? and actually bless him even in private. And so David is saying, soul, soul you've, got, you've got to focus here. You've got to bless the Lord. Actually, this really expresses when he's, when he's doing this, when he's having this self-talk, it's, it's expressing this divinely given teachability. Because only the soul that has been taught by the Lord can say something like this and actually mean it. This divine teachability that a person has, a believer has, that says, I want, to, I want to bless the Lord. Where do they get that desire from? Where do they get that hunger from? Well, the scripture would tell us it's, it's from those who have been taught by God. And it's actually expressing the ultimate desire of the believer's heart. Listen, we live in the world, and we are to enjoy all the different things in the world, even cell phones and all these other things we are to enjoy. But if we don't find our ultimate satisfaction and our ultimate joy in actually blessing the Lord, that he's really our ultimate treasure, then we've missed it all. We've missed everything if we don't get that. And so the Christian is somebody who says, Jesus, I really treasure you. See, the world, listen, the worldly person goes from excitement to thrill to excitement to thrill to excitement to thrill. Never satisfied, always looking for the next thing. The Christian comes along and says, I enjoy all these things that are given from the Lord. I I enjoy them, but I enjoy them as from the Lord. And so I receive them as a gift from him. I'm going to use them in their appropriate way. And when I use them, I'm going to be blessing the Lord. We can even bless the Lord over our meals. Boy, I'm tripping all over the place today. Pretty soon I'm going to take out the guitar. In our house have tried, have thought about when we pray for a meal how to do it with real meaning. It's not just like, Lord, thank you for this food, amen. But it's, Lord, we receive this. We bless your name. We receive it as a real gift from you. And thank you for these tacos. Thank you for this soup. We bless you for it. This kind of talk is actually expressing our rightful and our fitting design. We were. We were created by God to bless him. That's what we were created for. Yesterday I was trying to put this handle on this on this storm door. And I was having just this little thing. It should take just a matter of minutes. But I was having the most difficult time with this one particular piece, trying to get it to fit right. And for the longest time it didn't fit. And finally I was able to kind of make it fit and shut the door. And I'm thinking, well, I could just kind of leave it like this. But it didn't feel right. So I'm sitting there, adjusting it, tweaking it. Ethan is there with me. And finally, we got it just right. Finally, everything worked in order. And this is what happens with us in our life. When we are when we are working in order, we are people who bless the Lord. Let me just say this. we got to close already. But I, I just want to, as we close, talk just for a second here about the difference between what we have in the world today, and that is self-help. We have here in this text self talk, but it's not the kind of, it's not the same kind of thing as the world gives. We have all sorts of self help books. We have self help videos and audio. We have all sorts of self help, but that's not what this is. This is talk to ourselves. This is David talking to himself. But it's not self help. I came across this from a lady named Susie Moore. I'd never heard of her before. and she came up with five things that that we need to do to help ourselves. Here's, here's what she says. She says, number one, take 100 percent responsibility for your life. It's all up to you. And as I'm reading these the the, the reaction I have to each one of these is who says? why should we listen to susie so she says take 100% responsibility for your life it's all up to you that's number 1 number 2 here's the number 2 great lesson she's learned in life and by the way in this article she has all sorts of self-help gurus eastern mystics uh, those who have uh, who have taught that are not believers on leadership and and being a success in life So the second great lesson that Susie got out of life and from reading all of these different things is she says, number two, you are allowed to be anything you want to be. Who says? Number three, she says, your thoughts are everything. That's lesson number three from Susie Moore. Number four, she says, love yourself. You've got to learn to love yourself. And if this is anything we are hearing today is follow your own dreams, Follow your own desires. Don't let anybody hold you back. Make sure that you love yourself. This is all the kind of talk that we are hearing today. And number five, she says this. This is her fifth lesson. There's always a higher power at work. This is exactly why we started off by saying it's not good enough to just talk about God in general. We're talking about a specific God. This is why it's not good enough to just say all religions are the same, all cults are just worshiping the same God. The ultimate problem with Susie's paradigm here is that it leaves us with ourselves. It starts with ourselves. It's all about me, and it leaves me with me. David says here, he says, uh, have some self-talk. You need to talk to yourself, but it isn't going to terminate with you trying to figure out your own life. It isn't going to be you fulfilling your own desires and your own dreams and not letting anybody stop you. It's not about loving yourself and not letting anybody else say anything that will not allow you to love yourself. How empty, how worldly. Listen, that is... That is a caged philosophy right here. If we were to talk, to, to talk about a philosophy in a bubble, that's it in a nutshell. Self-enclosed, the end of a cul-de-sac, terminating in self is the philosophy of Susie Moore. It reminds me of Erwin Lutzer was on a plane one time and he was flying somewhere and and he was sitting next to somebody who was explaining to him that there is no hell. And she was going on and on and on about there is no hell, and God's a God of love and all this kind of stuff. And finally, and she's talking about all this, and finally, at the end of the conversation, he's sitting there and he flips his pencil in the air. I can see him doing it. And he says to the lady, You have left me with an awful predicament. And she says, Why? What have I what have I done? And He says, I am stuck now having to make a choice of either taking your word about the afterlife in heaven and hell or believing the Lord Jesus Christ. That's that's the predicament we have here. We can either believe Susie Moore or we can believe Psalm 103. Listen, I want us to get this. If I want us from, from the bottom of our hearts to bless the Lord. That's what a Christian does. And if there's one here this morning that doesn't understand this, may the Lord even use this to open your heart so that the first crowd of your mouth is one of a cry for salvation. So instead of turning inward, David says we need to have a self talk and then we begin to turn outward. The world says turn inward, look within, look within, what are your what what are your thoughts and stay there. The Bible says start with having a talk with yourself and then begin to go outward toward the Lord. Bless the Lord. Now, let me go through this. Look with me at verse three. Here's what he says, what we're going to focus on as we bless the Lord. Here's what we do as believers. Here's what fires us up. We don't forget his benefits. So, so we turn to the Lord and we begin to look to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to bless you. How am I going to bless your name? And now he's going to light the fire within our hearts that will help us to bless him. So here's the kindling. Here's what he's going to give us to help us bless him. The first thing that he says, number one, he says, he's the Lord who forgives all your iniquity. This will fire you up if you're a Christian. You begin to think about the Lord. You begin to go, I'm not sure about blessing the Lord right now. And the Lord comes and says, okay, you need to have a little talk with yourself. It's it's divinely taught. It's taught by the Spirit. Have a talk with yourself to bless his name. Here's the first thing that will get you fired up. He's forgiven all of your sin. And we begin to think about that. I I was I was headed to hell. I was on my own path. I was on the path with Susie Moore. Empty, worldly, worldly, worldly. And the Lord came and He forgave me of my sins. Number two, who heals all your diseases. Now, when we talk about diseases, oftentimes we talk about all of the physical diseases. The Lord is our healer, and rightly so. In fact, uh, through His atonement, He has provided healing. And we get tastes of that now, here on this earth, and sometimes our bodies are healed. Here, but all of us will eventually be completely healed. That's what he purchased for us on the cross, complete healing. And someday when our bodies are resurrected, we will no longer have any disease, any kind of sickness. So he's our healer. But could it be that he's not only talking about these physical maladies that we suffer from, but could it be that he's also talking about our spiritual diseases? George Horn says this. He says, The body experiences the melancholy consequences of Adam's offense. That is, our our bodies, our physical bodies, suffer the consequences of Adam's sin, of Adam's fall, and is subject to many infirmities. So let me just say this. We in our bodies, we get sick, We are going to die because Adam fell in sin. But then he goes on to say this. He says this. What is pride but lunacy? Could it be that pride is a sickness? What is pride but lunacy? What is anger but a fever? What is avarice or extreme greed but a dropsy? What is lust, but a leprosy? What is sloth or laziness, but a dead palsy? Perhaps, he says, there are spiritual maladies similar to all corporal ones. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. As we get older, our spirit, even though our bodies are fading, our spirit is continually renewed if we're Christians. I remember a number of years ago at a Thanksgiving dinner, I was sitting there and we were going around, my parents happened to be there. And we were going around the room and we were talking about what we were grateful for. And it came my mom's opportunity to talk about what she was thankful for. And she said this. She said, I'm thankful that even though I'm getting older, my inner man is getting in many ways younger. That the older I get, the sweeter Jesus gets. And what she actually said, and she went on to paraphrase and to quote, is she was really quoting and paraphrasing 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. And Paul says this, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us In eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are transient, these things are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So as we think about the goodness of God and all of his benefits toward us, we think about him crowning us with goodness and steadfast love. Our youth, the psalmist tells us, is renewed. And we mount up on wings like eagles. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you, O oh God, that you would you would speak to our hearts and enable us and cause us to bless you. We thank you for healing all of our diseases, both the diseases in our body as we look to you for healing, but we also thank you, Lord, that you're the healer of other kinds of diseases, (laughs) diseases in our hearts and in our souls. Lord, we pray that you would cause us to not just have an inner look within ourselves, but that you would cause us to have a talk with ourselves that then leads to you and how good you are and how good you've been to us. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for turning ourselves away from me and I and turning our gaze toward Christ, the one crucified, the one buried, the one risen again, that we might know true satisfaction, true joy, Everlasting peace. Would you cause us this week to bless your holy name? We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Mm -hmm. Amen.